0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. All right, well, if you hear Tom Robinson Band and 2468 Motorway, you know it's time for World Soccer Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Nick but We're presented by BetOnline.ag a very busy weekend in the Premier League is now behind us. And we're going to look back at all the Premier League action over the weekend, uh, some surprises. And let's take a look at my picks and see how I did. And I will be honest, I won't try to blow some smoke your way. I will tell you exactly what I picked and exactly what happened. I don't think I was too bad, actually. I was, uh, I think, three for nine. But, oh, I'm kind of spoiling it. All right, well, Welcome to World Soccer Radio. Find me on Twitter at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again at uh, midnight Pacific, that's 3 a.m. on the East Coast. For those early birds, you can hear that show on Sports Overnight America. Uh, I am on the Sports Byland Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM iHeartRadio, tune in, the award-winning SiriusXM app, and if you miss any part of the show, you can find it immediately upon its conclusion, which is a nice way of saying after it's over, at our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. We also have Champions League matches tomorrow. Not a great deal of import in most of the matches, but there are a couple of critical groups which we're going to take a look at. And let's take a look at some of the matchups. And I'll give you sort of the uh, the lowdown on Tuesday's Champions League matches. And just to say that Group H is really very interesting and Group F is also got some ambiguity to it. Um, we're going to go through those, of course. Group H with PSG, Istanbul, Leipzig, Man United, and Group F, Lazio, Bruges, Zenit, and Dortmund. Okay, so we'll look at Champions League. going to look back at the Premier League. A couple of big stories. One of them going around about Paul Pogba. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about his big mouthed agent. So much to get to today. Once again, Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I hope you make me a regular party of week. We'll be right back after this. We're presented by betonline.ag. Well, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. And while all the big leagues are playing again, including the Premier League, the Champions League, the European Leagues, the Europa League, we have international football, and of course here in the United States the NFL season is back in full swing. While you not might not be at the game, well, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, they've got the online casino, never closes, just like the casinos here in my hometown in Las Vegas. So, head to betonline.ag, take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, betonline.ag, sign up today and make them your online sportsbook experts. All right, uh, before we get to the matches, a couple of stories worthy of discussion. A sad story to start with, and one that really makes me wonder. Uh, if you have been following football for a while, uh, and if, you, if you're new to the game, welcome, but you probably don't know who I'm going to talk about. But former Arsenal Palace and England defender Kenny Sansom diagnosed with dementia. Apparently he has something called Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome, which is... A form of dementia, first of all, that's treatable, which is the best news that there is. But apparently, this form of dementia is showing up more and more in former football players. They're saying that ex-professional footballers are three and a half times more likely to suffer and die of dementia than the general Population. Now, unlike the issues with CTE and the NFL here, uh, the Professional Footballers Association have been very active with it. The Premier League has been, uh, and the uh, Football League have both been very responsive to these issues. And they are looking into it and looking at uh, changes and what they can do and mainly studying it to see how they can avoid this because playing a professional sport should not equate to your ending your life as a dribbling, drooling mess in some institution somewhere. So the PFA set up a brain injury disease task force and they're also calling for heading and training to reduce, to be reduced so that you can reduce the amount of head impact. Look, if you've ever played the game, and we can certainly go back to Kenny Sansom's era, Uh, Kenny played back in the, uh, um, back in the '70s, and I think yeah, like mid '80s was pretty much the end of it for him. He played for England 86 times, but back in those days, the balls were not as light and as um, technical as they are now. I mean, I remember playing with the old leather balls. You know, they'd get wet, that would soak up the the uh, they'd soak up the uh, rain, and they were like being hit with concrete. But back in those days, you were expected to head that ball. You were expected to to just throw your body at it. And of course, when you're talking about something that heavy hitting your head at a high rate of speed, it's going to cause brain injury. So this is what they're studying. Uh, We wish Kenny Sansom uh, a recovery, a return to normalcy, a happy life, and all the best. And it is a rather sad story, but hopefully an eye-opening one. The other story goes around the incredible sulk himself no that's why no that's what they used to call nicholas anelka but no we're talking about paul pogba who apparently is unhappy he's at man united his agent who is known for stirring the pot and being uh and being difficult i suppose is uh <laughs> Is one way of putting it. Uh, Mino Riola, of course, we're talking about his agent, is saying that Pogba is unhappy. He's no longer able to express himself as he would like and as is expected of him. He has a contract that's going to expire in a year and a half, so the agent is saying you need to sell him now. And he came out even further and said, Pogba experiment at United is done. Well, if I'm Man United, first of all, I'm... Absolutely mad about this. Paul Pogba has had a series of injuries. He had COVID. He's being he's being um, slowly reintegrated into the team. He started only eight games. Okay, I get it, but you know they've only played what ten Premier League games plus the Champions League. He scored his first goal. It's taking him a while to get back into it. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a new system. He's trying to put it in. He's got Bruno Fernandes. He's got some other players. And look, Paul Pogba has to earn his position. As to be healthy, and I don't think anyone's saying he's not a world-class player. They're putting United in a very awkward position to have to be forced, to have to force to sell him in the January window. Now, typically, in the January window, players go for a premium price, and this could be what Mino Riola is trying to do here. If you wait till summer, well, a whole bunch of other players are going to be on the market, but if a player like Pogba coming on the market particularly when you've got teams like Real Madrid, who are struggling to reach the pinnacle once again of La Liga, he may be setting up a very big money move from United to Madrid, which of course will make Riola a very rich man, because that's how it works, if he isn't a very rich man altogether. So there's a lot of politics at play here that have really nothing to do with Pogba, his playing time, Solskjaer, the travails of United. Remember, Pogba was originally at United. They let him go on a nothing, and then they had to buy him back for big money. But I think what's going on here is that... uh, they have poisoned the well with Pogba so that now he wants to go. But January, if United are going to sell him, is the time to do it because they will get premium dollars. So that's unfortunate. I don't think teams should be forced into a corner, particularly in a COVID year, particularly in a rebuilding period. And I don't like Man United, you know that, but I have sympathy here, a lot of it. However, however, it is being rumored that Juve are offering Paolo Dybala, who's 27 years old, probably got one more contract in him, and they're offering up to United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, City, and Arsenal. Now, of those teams, the only ones I could imagine that would really be interested in, and again, Dybala's a really good player, would be United and maybe Arsenal. Arsenal need anything, but I don't see Arsenal spending a penny. So, if they could take some of that Pogba money and sign a DiBala, it could possibly, just possibly, make the poison pill uh, a little less tough to swallow. But either way, I think a very tough thing to do. No one really knows what United's finances look like. The Glazers keep it very close to the vest. We know they have a lot of debt. We know that debt service is eating into it more and more one of the things that united have always had is a large capacity stadium and a lot and basically every match at old trafford is considered a sellout and that's been a revenue stream that they can both bank on and borrow forward against which they've done both with of course with covid they haven't had that so we know united are suffering financially they have a big debt burden which I know United supporters talk about all the time and how much they hate the Glazers and this, that, and the other, I would suggest to you that any time you replace a legend like Alex Ferguson has nothing to do with who your owner is, it would help to have better owners, no doubt. But your team team and your club is going to go through a traumatic period in its life when it uh, moves from one form of existence to another. But having said that, the for sale of paul pogba could inject a lot of cash into the coffers particularly if it's done in january and then in turn that could turn around and maybe finance the dibala and some other players that they need to really fill this squad out because i still look at this united squad and i still don't think that there's enough quality in this squad there is some quality in that squad for sure don't get me wrong it's a it's a decent team and i think its current uh, table position where it's sitting right now, I think United are currently fifth or sixth, I think, in the table. Uh, They are sixth, yes, behind Southampton, who pipped them today with their win at Brighton. It's probably about right for them can they make it into the top four? I think it's going to take an almighty effort or an almighty crap out from a team like Leicester City, who I just don't think are going to do it. Or maybe a couple of critical and unwanted injuries for Leicester City, maybe, to open the room up for United. But I don't see enough consistency. Look, we can pick it up with United on the other side, but I want to look back at all the matches over the weekend, which I'll do when we come back on World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back. A little motorhead ace of spades for you. I'm Nick Geber. This is World Soccer Radio. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we come to you every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again, uh, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also, SiriusXM, the award winning SiriusXM app, iHeartRadio. Tune in. And I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening courtesy of the American Forces Network. All right, uh, I mentioned we're presented by betonline.ag and you can find our podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and while you're there you want to check out BSI the podcast. Now this is a really good football podcast. It's hosted by former and current USL and MLS players Benny Failhaber, Sal Zizo, Uh, Ike Para BSI the podcast. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a high-paced, kind of fast, hipster show. You'll like it. The other one I really like, if we want to go old school, Shep has his own show, the Shep Messing Daily Cast, where Shep talks everything Red Bulls football, and when the Red Bulls aren't playing, it's uh, everything European football, global football, MLS. Shep talks it all, and he is really a legend of the game, Uh, and on top of which, you know, for a goalkeeper, he's one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. Love Shep. Shep's a great, great guy. Find it at the Believe Network. Let's start off in the Premier League, though, as we look back, and let's start with our first match, which was at Turf Moor. This was Burnley Everton. Now, I actually thought Everton were going to win this game, and I predicted this was going to be a a 2-1 victory for Everton. But actually, as it turned out, it took... All all the action really was in the uh, first half, because uh, Robbie Brady scored really early on for Burnley, and then right up in stoppage time at the end of the first half, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored. Uh, Had a great game, by the way. I thought he was really terrific. So uh, Everton got a draw 1-1. That draw would have played plus 240, so I'm sorry I didn't recommend it to you, but uh, blame me. There's a couple others I didn't get. As well. What that draw did though was it dropped Everton down to ninth in the table. Uh, They had been eighth, so they dropped a position. And they have a tough time because they are going to be hosting Chelsea Football Club uh, over the weekend, and that's going to be a very tough game for them. Everton really would have loved to have picked up those three points. That would have taken them up to the top end of the table. Now they're sort of mid table. And the thing about Everton is this. They've got Carlo Ancelotti as their coach. They're starting to put a lot of money into the club. They're starting to build expectations. And to be fair, to be fair, outside of this great start they had to the season where they uh, were um, lossless, let's just say. They didn't lose a game in their first five. It culminated in that draw against Liverpool at Goodison Park. It has been absolute crap since that time. They've played six games, they've lost four, they've won one, and they've drawn one. And that one game they won was a 3-2 away at Craven Cottage against Fulham. It's it's not good. And you have to think with the amount of money and expectation currently going on at Everton or with Everton uh, that um, uh, they're going to expect more, as they should, by the way. So we'll see what happens, but that's one to look at. So a good performance, though, from Burnley. Uh, I would say one that they desperately needed. They are still in the drop zone. They have still only won one game on the season. But listen, for a team that has conceded, conceded 17 goals in nine games, to only concede one goal to a team like Everton and come out with a point, I think is a big result from them. And actually, they are in a position where they're going to go to the Emirates on Sunday and play Arsenal, who are almost as bad, to be honest with you. Are we set up for a shock result against Arsenal with Burnley that could see them clear of the drop zone? Mm, We're going to have to see. Fun stuff, fascinating stuff, because Fulham, who are just above Burnley, are going to be hosting Liverpool at Craven Cottage. So an opportunity for Burnley over the weekend. The point they eked out against Everton is definitely an important one. Everton, a by far better team, by the way, than Arsenal. I should point that out to you. Uh, okay, let's move along. Next one, Man City, Fulham. This one at the uh, Etihad. I predicted Man City would win. They were minus 840. There wasn't a ton, there was not a ton of uh, value here, obviously at minus 840. uh, Is that 840 or 845? I'm going to take a look right now. It says it is minus 840. That's my glasses. I probably need new ones. So not a ton of value. I said take the over. Actually, it was only a 2-0 match. I thought Fulham played quite well. Unfortunately for them, of course, they didn't get any points out of it. They held City to two goals and Man City looking better and a big three points for them, no doubt. Uh, they've won two in a row, cuts coming off the 5-0 thumping of Burnley. They've now scored seven goals in two matches. And this was their problem coming into this game. So City have now scored, have now played 10, 10, um, 10 games. They've scored 17 goals. Keep in mind that when they were eight games, they'd only scored 10 goals. So the arrival of the goalscorers is critically important for Manchester City and it's going to see them uh, move back up the table and really start to squeeze the top four, which is going to make it tough for United, who have now won four in a row, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, that'll be the next match, but it's going to make for a very interesting title race. I keep talking about how interesting this title race is becoming. So City get two points, I said they would win. Uh, Next match, West Ham, Manchester Manchester United. Uh, And I had said on this match that it was going to be a draw. I should have known better. United have been playing extremely well away from home. In the second half of every game. (laughs) Because they've gone behind in every game. And they've had to come back and win it, which they've done. And uh, it was away at Goodison. Uh, They won at home against West Brom, but, you know, big whoop. It was away at uh, St. Mary's against Southampton, and it was a getaway at West Ham. So they've done really well away. They also won away at Newcastle, and they won away at Brighton. And I I wonder if that's – I mean, I know up till now, really, we haven't had fans, but I just wonder if that's a pressure thing. Or it's because they can sit back and let the home teams come onto them, and then they can counterattack and find some space. And with guys like Bruno Fernandes, of course, you can make all sorts of things happen. But it's interesting to see. I don't think this is going to last because I think teams are going to figure out how to play United when they are away from home, uh, when they're hosting them. At home. But a good point for United. Uh, they get it. Good score, 3-1. They are still above City by one point. The last match, Chelsea-Leeds United. Uh, this one, Chelsea won. I said they were going to win it. That is a plus 200. So, excuse me, minus 200. So, not huge value. But I did say take the over on this one. And it went over. It was three goals to one for Chelsea. And Leeds played incredibly well. I love this club. They are a credit to the Premier League, but they are not able to sustain it, and it was really a complete second-half meltdown by Leeds United that saw them uh, crash out. They've now won only one in the last five. Uh, Chelsea, on the other hand, they are on fire. They have lost only one game on the season, uh, by the way, as has Liverpool, as have Tottenham, So you have two other teams that have only lost one game on the season. There's a lot to love about this Chelsea team. They've scored almost as many goals as Liverpool, who are currently the uh, top scorers in the league. They have conceded almost as few goals as Chelsea. Not quite, but almost. I think other than Chelsea, I want to say they're the second best defensive team in the league. That sort of combination is what gets you in the title hunt and that is exactly what is happening with Chelsea Football Club credit to Frank Lampard credit to these young players when we get to Tottenham we're going to talk about it at Tottenham but I want to make I'm I'm going to say the same thing about Chelsea which is they're reaching a point with this club where the players have bought into the manager the players have bought into the system the players have a sense of belief the players are playing for the club and for themselves And I think they have a good system. And I think Lampard tactically is by far the better manager than, say, the other player managers that are new to management at this level, such as an Arteta or a Solskjaer. So Chelsea looking really, really good. And they have a huge test um, away at Goodison Park on Saturday that could really set us up. Remember, once the new year comes to an end, we're going to have a much better idea about the title race and where things sit. For Leeds United, I am not worried about them in the Premier League. They are going to stay up, which is wonderful. It is great to see Leeds. Bielsa, a great coach, great system. They play really, really, really fun football. And if you look at them, even though they are... um, you know, down in the fourteenth part, fourteenth bottom third of the table, their goal tally, their goal tally would put them normally up mid-table. They have scored sixteen goals, which is what you want to see. Uh, that's on par with the likes of uh, Crystal Palace or a Villa or a West Ham or a Man City. Who have now only scored 17. So Leeds are scoring goals. Defensively, is their problem. They're very weak defensively. They have conceded 20 goals, which is a lot, and that's why they're struggling. But I suspect they will get more results when they come out and they play teams at the bottom end of the table. They will be able to do the business, and that will keep them up. All right, I have to step aside, take a break. Let's come back. Let's finish. We're going to look at the Sunday matches, the Monday match and we'll get to a little Champions League preview. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Nikiba with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and SiriusXM, as well as iHeartRadio. Tune in the award winning SiriusXM app, the American Forces Radio Network. And if you miss any part of the show, you can always catch it at our podcast network, which is the Believe, B L E A V podcast network, or anywhere that you listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you'll find me. I'm there. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again on Sports Overnight America, you can find me at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. East Coast time. This is the most widely distributed soccer show on the planet, and I'm here for you every day. Find me on Twitter, at McEbra, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World soccer Radio. We are presented by betonline.ag. Speaking of betonline.ag, we've been going through my Premier League picks for the weekend we last segment went through the saturday picks i gave you some of the odds the some of the values in these games this was of course courtesy of betonline.ag so for yesterday i was two out of two which is not great two for two no pardon me i was two for four which is not great um sunday though slightly better let's just say if you were with me on sunday you might have a new Ferrari. So let's just leave it right there. Of course, I always want you to bet responsibly, have fun with it, and don't make it a lifestyle. All right, let's go down the list, shall we? Because the next match on Sunday uh, was at the Hawthorns, where West Bromwich Albion were hosting Crystal Palace. And this game started off really badly for West Brom with an own goal right at the beginning of the game. They got it back, though, in the 30th minute with Conor Gallagher scoring, but then it went pear-shaped. Mateus Pereira getting a red card in the 34th minute, and from that point onwards, when you are up against players like Zaha and Benteke and you're West Bromwich Albion, you are in big trouble. And that is exactly what happened. Now, when I predicted this game, I could not have predicted uh, a red card because that's always very, you, you know, generally one doesn't predict that sort of stuff. But West Brom have one win on the season. They were coming off that massive game at the Hawthorns where they beat Sheffield United 1-0. I say massive game. I know you're kind of rolling your eyes, two crappy teams right now. Neither of them are scoring any goals. They're all conceding more goals than exist on the planet. And But this was a huge game because they were both winless and they were both at the bottom of the table. So it was a huge three points for West Bromwich Albion. And Crystal Palace came into the game off a back of a two-game losing streak, losing to Burnley. Who are in the relegation zone and Newcastle United? So, one would have thought if you were West Brom, you're looking at this saying, oh, this, this is let's get another three points, let's take us to nine, let's get us out of the drop zone. The red card killed it, and Crystal Palace with two goals from Zaha, two goals from Benteke. Plus the own goal. They killed it 5-1. Big victory away at the Hawthorne's of Palace. And they win plus 161. I told you they were going to win. They did. Mm, there's the down payment right there. Well done. Let's move on. Next match. Sheffield United, Leicester City. Um, Chef, I, I don't know what's going on with the Blades right now. Well, I, I do know, actually. Um, last year, they were promoted. And they made a decision that they were going to, I want to say that the year before, and this is my thought process sort of swirling here, I want to say the year before that they were the highest scoring team in the championship. And I, I can check that in the break. But they had this chemistry and they had this squad and they didn't really invest in premier level players, but they did okay. They had a really bad end of the year last year, I think where they lost the last three or four games in a row. But other than that, they were competing. They were playing good football. They were there. It looked like they belonged in the Premier League. But I think it was a mirage because ultimately this team just doesn't have the quality. And after 11 matches, they have one zero. F- zero. They have lost every single match but one. They have one point out of 11. That's one point out of 33. It's almost getting too late at this point for them. It's going to take an almighty turnaround, and one would think they're either going to have to make a decision. Are we just going to write the season off and go back down to the championship next year, or are we willing to invest? Maybe looking at how weak West Brom, Burnley, possibly Fulham are, although I think Fulham look pretty good. They could look maybe at Brighton and say you know, if we invest a little bit, do we stand a chance of escaping the chop? That's going to be their choice, their decision. But either way, they lose to Leicester at home. Not surprising. Leicester are a good squad, as we know, and it was a great way for Leicester to break the little two-game losing streak they were on, albeit one of those two losses was that definitive defeat they had at the hands of Liverpool. Uh, next match, the North London Derby. I don't really know what to say about this match, um, except that Arsenal are just woeful. They are a horrible team. They have very little quality. I don't know how good Arteta is because I don't think he has much of anything to work with there. This is this club is a shadow of its former self. And with the ch- one of the cheapest owners in sports was Stan Kroenke. Things do not look good for Arsenal. I'm sorry Gunas, cry into your beer, in a comparison between Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal, there was only one team playing. And we have to look at Tottenham as serious title contenders with the likes of uh, uh, Hyunmin Song, who is absolutely, what a great goal. Harry Kane, who is relishing this sort of multi-dimensional role now he can play with the club. We don't even have Gareth Bale on yet. Who knows what's happening with Dele Alley? Plus a, a, a decent squad otherwise. And, of course, a manager who knows how to win the greatest l- manager still managing in the game in Jose Mourinho. Oh, look, I'm a Liverpool supporter. I love Jurgen Klopp, but I'm a big Mourinho fan. And right now, Tottenham has to be looking at the squad At The fact that these players have buy-in, they believe in the manager, The, the locker room games are over, they are putting their hunkering down, head down, there's a belief that they can win, and they can. And I think this is going to be a title race for the ages, because I predict in this race you will have Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool and probably Man City are going to have something to say about this as long as they keep scoring the way they've been doing the last couple of days. We're going to have a really exciting title race. I told you Tottenham would win. They did. It was minus 102. Those are the odds at betonline.ag. So I know you are happy with that one. So that's three for, th- three, for three. And then the final match of yesterday was at Anfield, and it was going to be a very tough test. For Liverpool because Wolverhampton Wanderers always create a problem for Liverpool. They are a good team. They play hard. Uh, they have a great manager. They're multi-dimensional and I think they're a really, really good team. Yes, the loss of Raul Jimenez has been a massive blow to them and of course Diego Jota going to Liverpool, you know that's another piece of the talent equation that has gone. But having said that, Wolves have been good this season. They just haven't scored enough goals. That's been their problem. Defensively, they've been super solid. They have the same defensive record as Leicester. They have a better defensive record than Liverpool. Yet, they got decidedly thumped by Liverpool. And when I say decidedly thumped, I mean 4-0. They blew a couple of chances. Wolves they should have had, but Liverpool... Ate them for breakfast. That was a no contest, and Liverpool now tied on points with Tottenham, although a worse goal differential. So Tottenham are one, Liverpool two, two points behind them is Chelsea, Leicester City right there with one point. So Leicester City are now three points behind Liverpool, and Tottenham at the top of the table. But Man United and Man City both have a game in hand. If United win that game in hand, well, they are up there with Chelsea, but Chelsea a far better goal differential. So when the earlier part of the season can really turn around and hurt them. Man City, on the other hand, yes, they have had trouble scoring goals. We talked about that. But they haven't conceded that many, so they have a pretty good goal differential as well. So if they win that game in hand, they'll be up in the top four. Hello, title races on. Great stuff going to be flying along. We're really running out of time, so I'm going to have to move along. Uh, Brighton-Southampton, that was a game today, Monday. I told you it was going to be a draw. It should have been right up to the last penalty, but at the end of it, Southampton win. Okay, that was the Premier League roundup. Let's move along, shall we, to tomorrow's Champions League action. And there are some Interesting games. In t- I'm only because we don't have much time. I'm going to get to the two groups that matter. Uh, Chelsea are through to the round of 16. They're going to win in Group E. Sevilla are through as well in second place. So it doesn't matter what's happening in Group E. Group F, though, Lazio on nine points, Bruges on seven points, uh, Zenit on one point, and Dortmund on 10. So the question now is, Dortmund are through to the round of 16 definitely. They're going to win the group if they beat Zenit, which I think they will if both uh, and of course if both games are drawn or it really doesn't matter lazio will go through if they just don't lose to bruges but if bruges beat lazio they will go through folks this is one to watch the lazio bruges game is massive this is why we have and love the champions league because this is a game where everything is on the line and I'm not going to give any odds or predictions because I'm out of time and I haven't printed them out. So you can go to betonline.ag and check them out for yourself. The other one is a fascinating group, is Group H, because this is PSG playing Istanbul. Now PSG have nine points. Leipzig are playing United, and they both have nine points. So here's how this works. Obviously, Istanbul's is not going through. United will go through if they don't lose to Leipzig then they're guaranteed to go through. If United will finish first, I'm trying to work this out, if they don't lose and PSG don't beat Istanbul, which they will, so it's kind of a moot point. uh, PSG will go through as long as they don't lose to uh, Istanbul, or even if they lose, if the other game uh doesn't end in a draw. They'll still go through. They're going to finish first if they win. So it's all in PSG's control. They need to go first and win and go forward and win and uh, then they'll finish first. Leipzig will go through if they beat United or if they draw and PSG lose to Istanbul. Leipzig will finish first if they win and PSG lose. So whether you watch the Lazio Dortmund the Lazio Bruges game or the Leipzig United or the PSG Istanbul game those are three matches you want to watch tomorrow in the Champions League okay just about out of time uh, that's pretty much going to wrap up this segment of the show we covered the rest of the results from Sunday and Monday in the Premier League we took a look forward at Tuesday in the Champions League i'm tired i'm going to get a quick drink And I will be right back to wrap it all up here on World Soccer Radio, presented by betonline.ag. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Just a reminder, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. I'm on the Sports Biling Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, as well as American Forces. And check us out on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. This Premier League season is shaping up into an epic one. Here are the storylines you want to look at. United and City, slow starts. United, gelling, issues with Pogba. Managers out to prove himself. City, terrible start to the season, but they had a lot of injuries. Really, really slow start to the season that has allowed Chelsea to establish themselves as a powerhouse. Tottenham Hotspur and Jose Mourinho, powerhouse. Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, despite the injuries to massive players like Virgil van Dijk, a powerhouse. They've come back strong. And, of course, there's always Brendan Rodgers sniffing out around there with Leicester City and Jamie Vardy. You can never count them out. So we have seven teams that are going to have something to say about the title. I don't think United are good enough to really to uh, to shoot for the title, but they are going to be a top-four contender. Same thing with Leicester City. But Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, all of those teams – could be title contenders. This is the Premier League season we are looking at, folks. This is why it is so exciting. The greatest reality show on earth. You can have your apprentice and you can stick it where the sun don't shine because this is the best entertainment on the planet right now. Okay, um, I'm going to wrap it up and just remind you to check in with me tomorrow. We'll take a look back at the Tuesday Champions League matches. And we will take it from there. Okay, this has been World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, American Forces. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday and enjoy the Champions League football.